Welcome back to another episode of Create Your Life with your host, Tessa Lloyd. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Wadarong people of the Wadarong Aboriginal Corporation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Good morning, beautiful life creators. How are you going? It's been a while. I've had a um I've had a big move over to the other side of Australia over the last month. Um, so I've paused the podcast recording until I'd fully settled in and yeah, I got called. I was out on a drive this morning in the sunshine, thinking about all of the beautiful things I'd learned, and I got called to start sharing stories with you again and yeah having some fun with you guys again I've missed you I've missed hearing feedback and I've missed having these conversations and yeah I thought I like because we're starting back up I thought we might drop back into the space together again so I'm just going to invite you if you're feeling like you're in a safe place to do so and obviously if you're in the car pulling over to the side of the road but just taking some time to tune into the breath again, just in case you've been on autopilot. I know that at the time of recording, my beautiful family in Victoria are in lockdown again. So I know and I felt before the, the emotions that come up with a lockdown. So just thought I might give us a moment to sit with the breath. Taking a big breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. And when you breathe in again, just breathing in through the nose, the chest, the belly, and out again. Maybe tuning in to anything that you can see any sounds you can smell, any sounds you can smell, any sounds you can hear, any smells you can smell. Just arriving because it has been a little while. Coming back to where you are now, wherever that is, and getting ready to gear up for another conversation about ways that you can create your life. So we always anchor back into these themes of authenticity, intention, and bravery, and I surround everything that I do in this podcast and in my life and my business around these anchor points, which have really served me over the last three years. Um, Today, we're going to have a chat about not living in our dysfunction and not living in hard and not living in our lack being our guiding post or our scarcity being our guiding post. And that shows up in so many ways, but I'm really going to have a chat about how I've moved through this. 
um, and how I also really used to live in um, this space of, you know, things are hard, life is hard, toughen up, life is hard. Um, and I think that that's very common in our world. And I also think it's very common in the way that we're often brought up and the things that we hear when we're young children that, you know, you think being a child's hard, try being an adult. And yeah, just not really feeling like it was necessarily possible to have a life that's full of ease and joy and yeah, and being able to create it in my own way, as opposed to someone handing me the recipe book, me needing to follow it step by step. Um, so we're going to have a bit of a chat about that and why I want to have a chat about it. I mean, there's so many reasons, but a big part of this is a lot of the time when I'm working with someone, I can see when they are seeing life through the lens of their dysfunction and through the lens of life is hard and life is scary. And I just am filled with so much compassion. There's never judgment. I'm just... I'm so curious as to where they've learnt it and why they've learnt it. And often they've learnt it for a very good reason. Because life can be hard and it can be scary. But when we take that blueprint of these hard things that have happened to us or things that have scared us or have hurt us, we bring it over into new experiences in life. We expect it and we can also seek it out. So I want to have a chat to you about those three things today where we can bring that blueprint, that lens over into the way we see our life, the way we can expect it. So thinking that oh, this is just going to be hard and also the way that we can subconsciously feel at home when something's hard and be attached to the story that something's hard. And a lot of the time, this is coming from a place of, feeling like if we can just get to this, you know, nirvana state, then things will be easy. And if we can just take that thing off the to-do list, things with, will be easy. If I can pull out this part of myself, if I can dig deep enough, I will, you know, wade through levels and layers of dysfunction and I will come to this place of accepting myself and, you know, then I will reach this, you know, heavenly place where things are easy. And I think more often than not, it's stealing from the joy in our life. It's also creating our reality. It's creating this hard reality because we expect it. And it's also taking away that moment that we're seeking out constantly, but never quite get there because we're still coming into it with the same lens. So I want to talk to you today about how to step out of the space of living in your dysfunction and expecting things to be hard. All right, are you ready? We're going to, yeah, really riff on some stuff that could be a little bit um, heavy and that it might remind you of some things growing up, but... I promise you I will be linking it to a way that you can show up in your life now in a way that will serve you and in a way that will give you more presence, more joy, more gratitude, more feelings of being alive and on this earth. So we're going to have a chat about, first about uh, 
yeah, really leaning on dysfunction and really searching for dysfunction. And what I mean by that is the things that are wrong with us and the reasons that, you know, quote, quotation marks, the things that are wrong with us and the reasons that we are a bit broken and the things that can be healed. And um, there is so much, there is so much uh validity around searching through these parts of ourselves and you know that's why we we go to therapy right a lot of the time is to be able to look back into our past and see how it's affecting our present and you know and therefore change the way that we show up for our future but sometimes it becomes a bit of an addiction to constantly seek out what's wrong with us and constantly want to know more and and search for this Nirvana, and I think this happens in the personal development world. Um, I know it can happen in therapy and with workshops and things. It's, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that we support people with as well is to show them things like limiting beliefs and show them, you know, shadow work and inner child work and um, rewriting their, you know, their past and all of these beautiful tools. But it can be something that we lean on. And even if you're not attending workshops, even if you're not attending, um, you know, therapy, it can be during conversations where, you know, someone says, oh, how did you find, you know, your weekend away at the Airbnb? And we go, oh, yeah, yeah, it was all right, you know, and knowing very well you had some beautiful moments, but it's easier to lean on. Yeah, it was all right, but like, oh, kind of shit weather, um, you know, I didn't have a very good sleep that night. I was thinking about this sort of stuff and yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, and, and the list goes on where you can see that the way they're seeing things through their lens is from a state of what's wrong as opposed to the beautiful things that are happening in their life. Um, I also see it with clients where I'll... I'll see where something like an illness serves a real function in life, serves a purpose and identity for someone or where um, families are constantly talking about what's going wrong within their family as opposed to what's going right and, and picking each other apart. So we have always been... Um, bonded and connected in this way and it has always been quite easy to talk about what's wrong and to also look at what's wrong within us and also as a um, just as a side note making it part of our identity of you know this is this is what's wrong and basing a lot of our hopes and dreams off our so-called dysfunction or our or our illness or what is hard in our life and and that's a that's a pretty hardcore guiding star if you have the lens of looking at things through what is wrong with you as opposed to how beautiful you really are it's a hardcore guiding star and it can really lead you down a path of being like why the fuck am I not getting the joy and ease that I wanted and that I want and I work towards quotation marks this whole time um yeah the first time I experienced this was in 2015 
Um, I might have been 16 actually and yeah if you've listened from the start of the podcast you'll have heard that um, when I was younger I had well I still do have an autoimmune disease and um, and then when I was older experienced mental health issues and and really when I say that now it's like it was a past life because of how much is even when I recorded those episodes for you guys that felt like a past life for me um, just because of how many layers I've shed since then and it's it's almost like I'm reading someone else's story and I also just had to come to a point of being like where is illness a part of my identity and a, a woman who I'm coaching at the moment had has just said to me I'm, I'm tired of making decisions based upon my illness I'm tired of looking through my you know my my sick lens and I'm ready for something more and I offer something more and just being open to that door uh, opening. Yeah, so I was, I was chatting to my psychologist ever since I was 11. Um, I'd had issues um, with um, eating disorder behaviours and I, I think I might have chatted about this um, within my Body Image podcast. And yeah, it was just it had happened on and off for so long and this was the first thing that had been said to me from my you know that my psychologist had said to me that really felt like it gave me whiplash but in a really good way I'll never forget it and she said you know she really called me on it and I think this was a part of what was going on did I was I used to being sick because I was sick from 11 I was now 20 so it's nine years was I used to being sick and now that what had passed with you know the worst had passed with my um illness was I was that part of an identity that I was holding on to subconsciously you know I wasn't consciously being like I want to be sick you know I actually fucking hated the way I felt so out of control when my um ED voice was really loud and putting my hip bones above everything else like such a shitty way to live and I sit here (laughs) with a a real lack of hip bone which is really beautiful um so even that feels like a past life and I'll never forget her saying that to me because it really did reflect how subconsciously we can seek out what feels like home and if dysfunction is what we know And dysfunction is what we have felt from a really young age and illness and things being hard and life being scary and painful. We can subconsciously seek it out. That's not all that was happening. Like um, I think I spoke about it in the other podcast episode that I also equated being small with worth and being small meant I was safer and being small just meant something about me emotionally, spiritually, physically. But I do think that this was a factor. And I remember being like, oh, fuck, that was, felt like a slap in the face. <laughs> but it ended up being such a powerful thing. And I'm so grateful she said it. And I'll never forget that I think there was connection within having issues and connection in dysfunction and it was easy because people relate to dysfunction so easy oh isn't it fucked it's so hard like I so see you babe and it's just really easy to hang out in that 
Um, and I didn't know it at the time. That wasn't why I was consciously doing that. But I look back and the moment that I stopped searching for a way to be fixed and the moment that I stopped, that I just let more life in, you know, the moment that I opened the doors to self-confidence and trust and my own interests and grounding myself and soothing myself in a way that wasn't starvation and all of these beautiful things, these things, how long is that ago now? This all started about five years ago, four years ago. These things really bolstered up and built me up towards who I am today. Obviously, so much more comes into that. But the moment I stopped focusing on my dysfunction and where I was not good enough and where I was judging myself, it started being like, fuck, what do I want? What feels good? What do I like to do? What are my interests? You know, what do I want to bring to the world? How do I want to help people? That became my identity that became what filled up my life and I'm not saying that that's the whole thing but for quite a lot of my clients as well when dysfunction is their life there is no more room for joy and ease I'm just going to say that again if dysfunction is your life there is no room for joy and ease and this isn't negating the fact that mental health issues impact people, that finances impact people, that our family history and trauma impacts people, that what is happening in our relationship and friendships impacts people. But it is touching on the times where we, we really feel like we could be happy, but we're seeking out something that's never quite attainable because the lens we're looking at it through is maybe that you're not worthy of it feeling that good or maybe the happiness you see other people having just isn't for you it's what they get to have and that's just really you know popping yourself in um in jail really like in this emotional jail of well because it's been hard in the past and because I've experienced um you know, really hard things. I can lean on that. That's easy. That's my easy story for me. And I'll bring it back to the little anecdote I always use about the goats on the trail. If you have goats heading down a mountain and they all walk along this well-paved path and, you know, every time grass grows up, the goats are walking over it. So it's just really well-worn and that's the way they know to go. And then sometimes you'll have one goat head off down another path and it starts to wear that path. And then you might have a second goat who's like, okay, maybe this goat's onto something. And before you know it, this path starts to become worn. And that's what happens when we rewire the way our brain thinks. So if you are constantly leaning on what's wrong with you, you will keep constantly leaning on what's wrong with you. So that oasis that you want, where things are joyful and easy, is almost going to be available to you, but never quite. So I just want to invite you to come back to the place of what feels good for me right now versus what feels easy because of what I've always known, because of what I learned was home.
and see if that can give you a sense of presence in your life. And also see how when you aren't entirely relating to what's wrong with you, (laughs) the way that the circle around you will change. When you start inviting others up and when you are being invited up to not just look at spiritual highwaying over and being like everything's fucking great and every sometimes things aren't fucking great that's okay but are you taking your lens from when things have been really hard and felt really dysfunctional and are you bringing them into your present moments that are robbing you from joy and ease Hmm. just a bit of food for thought okay so my, my second part to this podcast is I want to talk about where we expect things to be hard and where we seek it out and where it feels like things do have to be hard, you know, and I know I'm not just speaking about myself. Everyone who I hop, I run these business um, one-to-one sessions. They're called clarity calls where we do a big strategy session for someone's business and every single time when someone is in a new business or, you know, just um, finding their feet within a business, they are coming from the old way and the old story of things are hard and business is hard and making money is hard. And not only that, they're also coming from a place of it's okay because when it's hard, it means something. And I used to think this when I started coaching um, my first ever coach, first ever business coach, Um, who's now one of my best mates, Trace. I remember saying to her, I had this thought today, Trace, um, and it sounds so terrible saying it now, but I had this thought today that when things are hard, they mean something because I had always come from the perspective of nothing worth having comes easy, quote unquote. And I think... That is so valid sometimes that we we can't expect to be able to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and, you know, manifest this abundant future. I mean, unless you're going to win the lotto. Um, So I think there is some hard work and determination and trust and surrender and all of that can be hard when you are working towards your dreams, but it's not always hard. And the hard work that you put in is to allow you to experience moments of ease and moments of abundance and moments of joy. And I just remember saying, Trace saying, isn't that so funny that we learned that, you know, hard means we're doing it on purpose or hard means that, you know, it's worth it and that uh, we're on the right track. And the two years to follow to me um, getting to this point, I mean, my business has allowed me to move over here to Margaret River and be able to explore most days. And and it took some hard work. It really did. It took some hard work. And um, that's going to be another podcast episode, what goes into building a business. But I never thought I would be able to get to a place where I appreciate ease and rest and joy so much. Like it's truly what it's all about for me and and connection. So when 
things start to feel really hard and I start to get used to it and I also expect it and subconsciously seek it out because it's what I have known in the past, I realize that I've come back to my old mindset of, yeah, this, I mean, it's hard, so cool, we're on the right track. Um, And for me, now my guiding star is when does it feel easiest and when does it bring me the most joy and presence in my life, both with myself and my people, that's my sign that I'm on the right track. So coming back to constantly what feels good for you, putting a pin in the dysfunction, putting a pin in what has been really hard for you in the past, knowing that you deserve more and coming back to what feels good for you. Mm. I'm going to leave you with that one, my loves. Where are things feeling really hard? Where have you become used to it feeling hard? Either relationships, friendships, business, going to work every day, um, supporting your children, um, supporting your, your health, your mental health, your physical health, spiritual health. Where have you become so accustomed to things feeling hard and letting that fulfill you? as opposed to that fulfillment you get from joy and ease and trust and presence. Hmm. All right. Sending my love. I will talk to you so, so soon for our next podcast, uh, next episode of create your life. Thank you for tuning in today. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know. Um, If you would like to take the time to rate this podcast, subscribe or leave a comment about what you've um, enjoyed the most, that's amazing. And the more that you do that, the more I reach people. So yes, I've also, if you do want to tune in um, to me live soon, I'm going to be running an online workshop in the coming months about creating a life of intention, authenticity and bravery. So you can tune into that. And um, if you want to head to my Instagram page, Tessa J Lloyd, you can find out more there when I announce it. All right, my loves, take care. Just a quick drop in with a few words for you today to get you going. Um, I'll talk to you very soon. We'll be chatting about business soon. I'm also going to be having a talk about my coming out journey and the things that I've learned since coming out and um, being a little queer woman that I am. (laughs) All right. Bye, honeys. Mm -hmm.